Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. News that she was going to have a baby of the Holy Spirit and he was going to grow up to be king and he was the son of God. And we marvel at her, at her response. Between services, I was in my office and uh, was thinking about that and was thinking about some of the ladies in our church and how they might have responded to that information from the Lord. Think about the personalities in our church. I mean, I could see one of the ladies in our church that's sitting here right now. She would have responded to the angel probably by saying, What? Are you nuts? <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> you got to be out of your mind. I can think of a lady. I won't, I'm trying not to look at her right now. <laughs> now, eventually, she would have gotten around to being a compliant, willing servant of the Lord, you know. <laughs> and, I, and I can think of another lady right now, and I'll look up so I don't look at her who would probably respond by saying, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that is the funniest. You're kidding, right? You've you got to be kidding me. You know, I can think of somebody like that, and you know, I can think of one lady, too, that would have just started crying. <laughs> She'd just start crying. You know, okay, Lord, whatever you say. But we're not focusing on any of them. We're focusing on Mary, and we're focusing on the fact that when the Lord came to Mary with the most astounding news a woman could hear. And in the most astounding way, I mean, she's a, basically a peasant girl. And she's getting married. But we marvel at the fact that her response was, okay, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. In other words, I'm his servant. And, and I'll do what he says. And I think that's a beautiful picture of how all of us should respond. Now, this morning... Point number one was, when you're an obedient servant of God, as Mary was, it puts you in a position to avoid the dangers of self-will. And if you think about it, so many of the problems we have in life are a result of people not obeying God's will, but they're guided by self-will. Now, we didn't mention the things we mentioned to rub salt in anybody's wound, but just to acknowledge the fact that self-will will often get you in trouble. And, and, and there's a better way, and that's following God's will. That was the point of that. But let's be positive this afternoon. Point number two. When you're an obedient servant of God, as Mary was, it puts you in a position to be used of God. Because Mary served God in obedience, even in a difficult situation, she has the distinction of being the mother of Jesus. And if you think about it, all Christians who react in the way that Mary did to God's instructions are people that can be greatly used of God. You do not want to be governed by self-will in this life. As challenging as that may be for all of us, I fight it too. I want to have my way. I want to do my thing. I don't want to be inconvenienced. But as a preacher, I know that I need to yield to the Lord. Because if I don't yield to the Lord, self-will will get me in trouble. 
But when I do yield to the Lord, I'm in a position to be used by Him, and particularly to be a blessing to others. So I'm standing in this pulpit this afternoon to challenge those of you that maybe battle with self-will too much. In other words, you give in to self-will too often to help you understand, number one, that's dangerous if you give in to self-will. But number two, this afternoon, you're missing out on the blessings of God. I I mentioned this morning Bible characters who got in trouble because of self-will. Well, how about Bible characters who serve God obediently? For example, Abraham. He obeyed and journeyed to a far country that he knew nothing about. And he is the father of of the Jewish people and of Israel because he obeyed. Because he wasn't guided by self-will, he was guided by God's will. How about Paul? He obeyed and aligned himself with people that he had previously persecuted. But as a result, he brought Christianity to the Western world. Joshua, he obeyed God and pled with the people to go into the promised land. And those that didn't want to do that but were guided by self-will, they missed out on the promised land. But Joshua was able to, to lead a different, a new generation into the promised land because he wasn't guided by self-will. Nehemiah, he obeyed God and left his cush job serving the king and he led the people of Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. Moses obeyed God. Now, he he had to struggle with self-will. At first he told God, you know, hey, I'm not your man. But finally he gives in, and and he, he, he argued with God, but he gives in, and he leads the Hebrew children out of Egypt. So self-will is always going to be problematic, but God's will is going to put you in a possession, in a position to be used of God and to be blessed of God. So I gave you some examples this morning, 10 of how self-will has gotten people in trouble. I mean, all the troubles that I mentioned this morning cannot be blamed on God. Okay? Everything I mentioned this morning is a result to some degree of self-will. Well, how about the blessings of giving in to God's will? I gave you 10 negatives this morning. Let me give you 10 positive this afternoon. For example, all pastors who serve faithfully are obedient servants of God, used to win souls and grow people. When you are faithful to God's will, God can use you to impact those around you in a positive way. All Sunday school teachers who invest in people every Sunday are obedient servants, God's called them to do that, used by God to invest positively in the lives of others. I mean, in the other, we're talking about pain, we're talking about heartache, we're talking about illness, we're talking about sickness. That's people that are given the self-will. Now, talking about people given the God's will, we, we see positive things happening, good things happening, the world being a better place. Number three, all choir members who stay late and practice long are obedient servants used by God to minister to others through music. All volunteers in general who make events and projects at the church happen are obedient servants used by God to promote the cause of Christ. Do you want to be on that list this morning, or do you want to be on the list this afternoon? Number five, all church members who tithe to to the church, they're obedient servants used by God to keep the church doors open and ministry happening. 
All people who accept God's rules for marriage are obedient servants used by God to promote a solid foundation for a stable society. Now, all the people that are guided by self-will, no, I don't believe in marriage. I'm like, you know, we can live together and what have you, and that, that never works out, that never lasts, and kids end up growing up in terrible homes or without the proper leadership in the home they need, and that's having a devastating effect on our society around us. But people who submit to God's will, like Mary did, you become a positive influence like Mary was. All people who live by God's commandments of holiness and righteousness, they are obedient servants of God who contribute to a safe, wholesome, and healthy community. Those that don't make our communities less less safe. All people who follow the Great Commission are obedient servants of God who save souls from hell. Number nine, all people who deal with others in an ethical and honest and honest ways are obedient servants of God who are promoting successful commerce and a prosperous society. You see, it's all related. Even our commerce. Do you, do you know why America, or one of the reasons I should say, why America is, has been blessed through the years and we've, uh, we've experienced a standard of living that most of the world could only dream about? Do you know why we're so blessed? One of the reasons, and I've read about, you know, I, I read all kind of different stuff, but, but this, this holds true, is because foreign people have invested in America because they, they, they trusted America. That we were an ethical, honest people. Nobody in their right mind would invest in a banana republic or in a regime that it was corrupt. They invested in America because for years everything was closed on Sunday because we were a Christian nation. But we're becoming more like a banana republic. Everything around us. The, the corruption in the highest levels of government. It's very disturbing. And folks, that will affect commerce. But those people in this nation that don't do that, those people in this nation that live ethical, honest lives are contributing to a commerce that will be prosperous. And all the cheaters, the liars, the schemers, the tax evaders, and all that kind of stuff, those are people that are contributing to the demise of our nation. Number 10, all people who pray to God and express gratitude to God are obedient servants of God who serve as a solid foundation for a free, prosperous, and a peaceful nation. Why is it that obedience to God would bring on blessings? Can I give you a simple answer? Because He's way smarter than we are. It's really... He's, he's, you know, we, we just need to listen to him. He'll tell us how to do commerce. He'll tell us how to do marriage. He'll tell us how to raise kids. He'll tell us how to, he's, he's way smarter than we are. And that may sound kind of trite, but it, it, it's, it's profoundly true. To be a servant of God is to live life at its best, at, at its fullest, at its greatest significance. That's, that's Mary's heritage. I like this quote. Maybe I'll get this one right. Obedience is not just good for you, it's best for you. We need to understand that when everything is pulling us away. So when you're an obedient servant of God, as Mary was, it puts you in a position to avoid the dangers and pitfalls of self-will. 
when you're an obedient servant of God. Number two, as Mary was, it puts you in a position to be used of God. And lastly, number three, when you're an obedient servant of God, as Mary was, it puts you in a position to glorify God. The greatest thing you can accomplish on this life is to make it, in this life, is to make it in the NFL. Amen? No, no, I'm, I'm wrong. The, the, the greatest thing you can do in this life is to be the CEO of, of a large corporation. No. The greatest thing you can possibly accomplish in this life. It's not easy because you've got so much fighting against you. It's simply to glorify God. There are poor people that glorify God. There are untalented people that glorify God. There are people with limitations that glorify God. We get so off track. Now, there's nothing wrong with making it in sports. There's nothing wrong with being a CEO and all of that. But if that is the ultimate, then you've missed out on the ultimate, which is bringing honor and glory to God. 1 Corinthians 6.20, For ye are brought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. To glorify God means to make God, make God look great, to make God look good as he is. And that's what Mary did. Mary's faithful obedience, her servant's heart, gave honor and glory to God. There's no way to explain what she did or how she did it or why she did it other than giving honor and glory to God. Daniel's obedience, there with the lion's den, threatened with execution. His obedience to this day brings glory to God. Abraham's obedience to God when told to sacrifice his son brought glory to God. Gideon's obedience to God when told to battle with only 300 men, that brought glory to God. Noah's obedience to build the ark brought glory to God. Jesus' obedience to the cross brought glory to God. How can our obedience bring glory to God? Purity glorifies God. Honesty glorifies God. Witnessing glorifies God. Humility glorifies God. Love glorifies God. Self-control glorifies God. Service to others glorifies God. Kind words glorify God. Compassion glorifies God. Generosity glorifies God. That young woman, Mary, you don't want to put her on a pedestal that she doesn't deserve to be on, which is worship and prayer to her. You don't want to ignore her, but just take her for who she was. A young lady excited about being married when her life is totally, completely (coughs) interrupted and turned head over heels. And her example should motivate and encourage you and I. When you are an obedient servant of God, 
as Mary was, it puts you in a position to avoid the dangers and pitfalls of self-will. When you're an obedient servant of God, as Mary was, it puts you in a position to be used of God. When you're an obedient servant of God, as Mary was, it puts you in a position to glorify God. Mary serves as a very real example, somebody that we can relate to, as to when God speaks, how we ought to answer. We should learn from her (coughs) and emulate her. Look at this behind me. It was the answer of profound and humble obedience to the greatest call ever addressed from heaven to a mortal creature. Sudden, undreamt of, overwhelming, interrupting in the most startling manner the daily uh, curse of, of an obscure human life, breaking in on its privacy, and laying on it the most awful of charges. It was a call to prepare for being the instrument of the final and complete accomplishment of God's highest words and most amazing work. It was profound. And she simply responded, I am your handmaid, be it unto me as you say. And when the Bible tells you and I to witness, we ought to have that same response. When the Bible tells us not to watch stuff on TV that we shouldn't, we need to have that same response. When the Bible tells us to don't go places we should not go to, we should have that same response. When the Bible says that you ought to be in church faithfully, we ought to have that same response. When the Bible teaches you to be generous and, be, and tithe as you should you ought to have that same response. Because if you don't have that response, then you're guilty of self-will. And self-will will always get you in trouble. But if you do have the right response, as Mary demonstrated, you can be used of God in a way maybe you never thought possible. And on top of that, and even greater than that, your obedience will glorify God. We'll close with this quote from Charles Spurgeon, even though he didn't believe in Christmas. I'm going to quote him at Christmas anyway. Just when I see him in heaven, I'll tell him I did it. He said, It is not for me to rise up and go in rebellion against his wishes. If he be a father, let me note his commands and let me reverentially obey. If he has said, Do this, let me do it. Not because I dread him but because I love him. And if he forbids me do anything, let me avoid it. This Christmas season, let us be mindful of this simple truth that we are taught. Many of you probably know the saying, only two choices on the shelf, obeying God or obeying self. Only two choices on this show. Now, and this will come up a hundred times this afternoon and a thousand times tomorrow. We have to make a choice. Only two choices on the shelf, obeying God or obeying self. And I trust that we will choose rightly. I know it's difficult sometimes. I struggle to make the right choice. But I'm just encouraging us all that there is a right choice. And we need to be compelled to make that right choice. And the right choice is servitude to God and obedience to His commands. Let's pray.
Dear Lord, we thank you.